Hey everybody, welcome to episode 47 of the Balance Room Music Podcast. I am your host, musician and producer Ingrid Wood, W-O-O-D-E. This podcast is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and several other places where you love to listen to things. Um, For my new and returning listeners, welcome. I appreciate you for hitting play. This is, it's the Balance Room Music Podcast, but it's not just for musicians or music lovers it's for any creative person who already is or who has a desire to make a living from their creative side i'm going to do this episode a little bit differently um in order for me to kind of get everything that i need to get done and everything that i want to get done and including this podcast i'm trying to find different ways uh to streamline it so it doesn't take too much to edit it so today like i said i'm doing something different Um, I'm bringing a guest into the podcast. That's not different because I share parts of my journey sometimes and every now and then I bring in guests into the podcast and I share those conversations with you in here. Um, But something that I I thought about over the, the past two years is I have not had a lot of female entrepreneurs on the podcast, if any besides myself mm. when I think when I think about it and so I'm really doing a disservice to myself and, and the listeners by not making more of an effort to bring more of uh, more women entrepreneurs in here so today I have Stephanie Ivory who is my friend been my friend for over 20 years since we were babies <laughs> and she is an entrepreneur I'm gonna let her introduce herself in a second uh, she's from Cincinnati she currently lives in Atlanta and I'm just gonna I'm gonna let her in, introduce herself. So okay. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Stephanie Ivory. I am the owner and operator of Ivory Steps Enrichment and Tutoring. So we are a company that specializes in music and math on a day-to-day basis. We do private tutoring, group tutoring, um, homeschooling services, and we do some consulting with teachers, helping them to bring technology and other STEM-based activities into the classroom. Thank you, Steph. So I'm, I'm going to rewind for a second. I want to let tell the listeners how we even became friends because we weren't literally babies. <laughs> we were in, like, elementary school. But I was 10, you were 11. 11, yeah. And you take it from there. Um, we rode a bus to Roseline Condon, which was our, I guess you would call middle school. So Ingi was in the fourth grade. I was in the fifth grade, and... Um, I was born and raised in Kennedy Heights, and our bus went from Kennedy Heights, if you know anything about Cincinnati, Kennedy Heights to Bond Hill, which is where um, Ingrid lived, and also my first best friend, who's still my best friend, Cameron Sheets, Dr. Sheets, hey Cameron, Um, so we picked up Ingrid at her stop, and um, I don't remember the exact incident, but I remember saying, you can sit with me. And when I told Ingrid that, then next to me became her permanent seat. And that was the beginning. (laughs) That was the beginning. (laughs) Yeah. And I was probably looking extra for Lauren because my my sister and my older cousin, uh, they were older and they went to high school. That was their first year in high school. Because our Roseland was K through 8th grade. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was like my first year being on the bus without having, you know, somebody I knew I was going to sit with. And um, and I didn't even know Stephanie. She just looked at me. She could tell I was probably looking lost. She was like, "You can sit here." And that was it. So we went to elementary school, high school, and she convinced me to go to Tuskegee University. Absolutely. Where we both graduated. And um, let the people know you graduated from Tuskegee with 
Bachelor's of Science in Chemical Engineering. Okay, so Chemical Engineering, and now you own Ivory Step. So how did you go from being, um, you know, working as a chemical engineer um, to owning, to being an entrepreneur? So basically being, you know, an employee as an engineer to owning your own business. In February or March of 2009, um, when the economy switched, I got laid off. At the time, I was working as a material engineer for Panasonic in Georgia. Um, Economy switched, so a lot of us got laid off. I was in that number. So um, just trying to make ends meet. So I was doing unemployment. Well, I was receiving unemployment at the time. And um, a friend of mine, um, who I sang with on a worship team, her son was having difficulty in math. Actually, math and science. He was in middle school at the time. And so I had some extra time on my hands, clearly. So I was like, I'll help. Um, So we would meet up at the church, and I would tutor him. And from that, some other people kind of walking by, kind of inquiring, like, hey, what are you doing? Like, I'm tutoring. They were like, oh, well, can you help my son, help my daughter? And so that's really how the tutoring process or the tutoring business kind of started. From that, that was helping me make a little extra money to just make ends meet until I could make my next move. I had done some things in education prior, little tutoring during college. Um, I was a music teacher during college at a Catholic school in Tuskegee. I didn't know about that. Yeah, that was fun. St. Joseph's. Um, So I, I had done some things like that, but I hadn't really considered the field of education. I mean, that just wasn't what I thought I would be doing. Although I always wanted to kind of teach a little bit, but not a classroom teacher. I just, that just wasn't what I thought. So anyway, one of my parents ended up being a principal of a middle school and he was like, you're really good, you should teach. One of the parents of the kids you were tutoring? Right. Mm -hmm. And because at the time I was applying for engineering jobs and I just wasn't getting a lot of leads in Atlanta. So it was either move or change careers. And at the time, I wasn't ready to move. So I went and I got a temporary certification to teach. Thought I was going to teach middle school. I'm like, yeah, let me teach something. I don't have to practice. Mm-hmm. Ended up teaching high school calculus my first year. And then the subsequent years that I taught, I taught 10th grade, which was a lot of algebra and geometry. And How did you go from, what was what was that process of being a, a teacher, which you hadn't really set out to doing, to do, to now, you know, to eventually having, because right now, um, Ivory Steps, you know, to that that is your that's your bread that's your yeah, career. That's like, what you're I You're not teaching anymore, right? So, kind of what what was that that journey of being a teacher to okay, I'm not teaching, I am, you know, starting up this business. Well, when I became a teacher, I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't really think I would or. I kind of even started thinking, okay, I'll do this for five years and I'm going to do something else. But I really started to enjoy it. There was a lot of things about teachers. Well, a lot of things about teaching I didn't necessarily enjoy. So um, working with the kids, great. Helping them make things connect. Amazing. Like all the paperwork and all this testing stuff. Not so much. So in 2012, by this time, I guess I had been teaching. So this was my third year of teaching. Um, high school math and I went on a mission trip to Liberia West Africa and I got an opportunity to do some teaching in a Christian school over there and I kind of came back like 
I get that I'm an educator, but I don't want to just be confined to a classroom. So I really didn't know what I was going to do next. I just knew I was going to do something different. So that year I didn't sign my contract. Didn't really have a really good plan, let me let me say. Um, it wasn't really that good. I just knew it was time to do something different. That summer I had a camp. I had a math and music camp. An intensive, it was a one week camp. And later that year, that's when Ivory Steps became my full-time business. And so that puts me at summer of 2013. With a few, you know, consulting here or doing some things for um, some other companies, but still pretty much, yeah, some contracting, but Ivory Step. When I... Um, when I was starting to make the transition of leaving my job, because I worked at a pharmaceutical company in the chemistry department, uh, analytical chemist, and I had, I worked there for seven years, and for four of those seven years, I actually had uh, Fridays off from the pharmaceutical company to work in the, you know, in my music mm -hmm. world. Because what had happened was I had no intentions of letting my job know what I was doing. Um, but something had happened, a good thing, and everybody found out about it. And um, so it wasn't <laughs> a secret anymore. And um, everybody probably thought that I was going to leave and all that stuff. But, you know, when you're when you're young, not everybody, you get this job and you're like, oh, this is more money than I've had. And, ever. Ever. Because <laughs> you're just starting out in life. You know, I bought a car and bought instruments and things like that. And so the lifestyle that I had developed, I did. I knew I couldn't just up and jump. Like the money wasn't coming consistently. It wasn't coming. It wasn't enough for me to feel okay with just leaving it. But I had talked to my manager about like, look, I knew. I knew. I was like, he could either say no, yes or no. And so I was like, hey, um, I'm doing a lot. I'm traveling a lot and. It's getting to be a lot. Would it be possible for me to do the same work that I'm doing, but do it either Monday through Friday or t or Monday through Thursday or Tuesday through Friday? So basically, could I have either Monday off or, or Friday off because I was traveling and doing work and working on projects and it just got to be a lot. And um, he was like, I have no problem with it. We'll talk to the department head. And I knew kind of I knew God was in it because the day that he told me it's a go. You can take Fridays off. Um, I got a promotion. When you get a promotion, you get a raise. So I, I, I really wasn't even, well, yeah, so it just kind of worked out. Mm -hmm. But that was four years of my seven years working there. And so in that time period, I knew I was eventually going to leave. But I just, I kept, you know, I was hesitating. And I would talk to Stephanie um, because it was around this time that Stephanie was building Ivory Steps and she was doing this full time and so we would have conversations and i can still remember these conversations uh in the the little cafeteria at at my job and knowing that you know she's living this life as a entrepreneur and this business owner but she never made it sound glamorous but she she would tell me like you can do it you can do it but it's it's a it's a mindset and the people who um it's just, it's just a completely different mindset so i want to ask steph do you remember those conversations absolutely so it kind of explained if you remember because you were like you know you have one foot in and one foot out and you i can tell you about it all day but it's just it's a completely different mindset a completely different thing 
once you're out once you jump off of that cliff and it's not a feel good thing <laughs> you know it's a it's a different feeling so kind of if you remember those conversations um, what i was trying that. to i guess the point i was trying to get across to you is that it's definitely definitely a challenge but you could do it you know and i think a lot of times for it's probably fear or just you know unknown um people just don't jump and i don't think it's a i definitely don't think it's for everyone right let me just really be honest and i think one thing in the last however many years social media has been king um it really makes it look very glamorous Mm -hmm. but people only post glamorous pictures you know so the other parts of it and the sides that you literally have to walk through and everybody has to walk through everybody has to walk through you don't always see so anybody that's connected to me or anyone that asks me um I let them know it's it's definitely definitely rewarding but it's hard and it it requires a lot of sacrifice but it's worth it so and the other thing about it is you can tell somebody all day long like I can give you really live examples I mean I probably could go live on one of these platforms I'm like okay this is my day but until you live it and until it's how and the only way your money comes in it's a it's it's just different like there's some things about it you just can't explain there's definitely preparation you can do and knowledge you can obtain but you just gotta you just gotta go and uh but it's worth it for me what's something that um i know people ask this question a lot but to me i think it's a real question if you when i think about it what is something that you know now that you kind of had to live you know you lived through and but what's something that you know now that probably when you were first really starting to do this for real for real in 2013 that you wish you had known then Mm, there's a lot of things but I guess if I could verbalize one I would say I think even with starting in 2013 I still sold myself much shorter than I should have when you look at the trainings that you've had the education you've got or just your experiences they uniquely qualify you to do some things But a lot of times we'll look at, you know, when you look at what you have experienced or what you know, you always kind of put it a little lower or you don't tap into the fullness of it. Mm -hmm. And I think if I would have done that in 13, instead of kind of, I created a box for myself and put myself in a box that I didn't have to be in. Um, I think that would have started me off a little different so I had to get out of the box that I created and then expand instead of just starting from the outside of the box you you saying that made me think of this I know for me and I don't know if it was something that you thought about um and if it isn't that's fine you'd be like nah I didn't but for me pricing was something (laughs) that that is and it still is sometimes it's hard you know because it's one thing when you do it for free 
mm-hmm. it's one thing when you know you tell your friend or somebody you know how much it costs even that can be un- uncomfortable sometimes um but I think it's different when you know even how you you tell somebody like this is such such and such dollars and then you know as the more you get into it you're like this is such and such dollars right and if you can if you can verbalize it what is that um kind of what was that journey for you with like part of it is sometimes we we internalize the worth of a service for and we equate it with the value of ourselves I and agree. so um kind of what was that process of being confident enough in your your pricing that was uh, that was a real struggle for me um initially I knew that it was a I knew that it was a good business. I knew that it could help. But then I was deciding what people could and couldn't pay Mm -hmm. or um, what people should or shouldn't pay. So I actually initially also worked for a couple other tutoring companies that were already in business and making things roll. And I saw things that they did that I implemented in my business. My first year was really, really rough with getting payments on time, not from everyone, but from some, you know, getting payments on time or people wanting to negotiate or um, things like that. So business-wise, it was tough. I was learning and getting experience, but monetarily it just wasn't adding up. So um, that's probably what led me to actually work, I guess, as a consultant for a couple other tutoring agencies and I saw how they ran business and I saw their price list and how it was just like this is just what it is and when you give a quality service you know there's a cost to it so I um actually have uh, one of my I call her my sister she helps me a lot with the whole business aspect like pricing She'll write up documents. Like, I almost had to remove myself from that because I'm like, oh, I'll do it. And that's that's great when you're not trying to build a business. Right. Um, so it was really hard navigating that line between, okay, let me help. Or, yeah, but you're hiring me to help. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely. Um, and if you can't handle it, because that's a fine line. If you can't walk it, just find somebody. That can, that can help you. Because a lot of people can. That just wasn't really a strong suit for me at the time. I've gotten better, but I'm still not probably as strong as I should be. Yeah. I um, am interested to know what is your 7-Up story? I feel like I have (laughs) multiple. Uh um, While you're thinking. For the new listeners... The 7-Up story is uh, where a guest, they share some sort of story. It has like, it can have a business takeaway or inspirational takeaway. Um, And the goal is to say it in seven minutes or less. But, you know, there's no (laughs) buzzer time or anything. But, um, but yes, so the 7-Up story. One thing I always wanted to do is be legendary. And legendary in the, from the perspective of leave something here. Even in careers that I thought I was going to choose, um, that I went totally different ways from that, I always wanted to do something that would leave a lasting impact. 
And I realized that one of the most impactful careers would be an educator. Um, I could think back from my preschool teacher, Miss Kitchen, um, all the way through high school and even college of educators or people who were in my life, not necessarily just teachers, but people who have taught me tons of things from learning a lot of cooking in the kitchen with my granny mm-hmm. to really learning the ins and outs of algebra with Wadia Nasheed Wana Hills, um, who I emulated when I became a teacher. You know, my aunt, my aunt Maxine was a special ed teacher in Cincinnati Public. Growing up, I would go to take your child to work day with A Maxine and write on the board. Like, these are my lesson plans. Having no idea that teacher was even in my vision. So I would say as inspirational or my seven up, and this might be a little different from normal, but <laughs> it would just be whatever you know and get, even you say a lot of times on the podcast you say my voice will be here when I'm gone mm-hmm. right yeah. and I want yours too and I feel like being an educator and actually planting seeds in these children and even helping educators become better educators that's one way that my voice will continue to speak way after my presence is still here. So yeah. um, I guess my inspiration would be find that thing that you can give to, that you can sow to, that you can be a part of that will really outlast you and then become really skilled in that craft. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm trying to do. I like it. And tell me, do, do you get this a lot? Your career is is, is education-based uh, I did a a seminar one time with uh, an avid uh, of four teachers. She's an avid listener of the podcast, Mel, in uh, Philadelphia, and we got to one one part in the conversation or one part in the seminar um, where the kids were like, because it was about music and math. Okay. And the kids were like, uh, you know, they asked me like, you know, how do you copyright songs? Or they asked things about that. But one of the questions was like, how do you even basically do you even use the stuff that you learned in school, <laughs> you know, for business or in life or whatever like that? And and not to not trying to answer the question for you, like my response was basically like, you know, everything that you're doing now is to prepare you for the future. You know, like you get to school at a certain time, you take lunch at a certain time, you learn how to, to work with people and and that's all, all their tools, you know? Right. So, um, and I hated school. I, really? I hated it. What? Yeah. I, I would, t- I took Pepto-Bismol every morning because I would just have nerve. I hated it. I had so much anxiety. I, and I, I didn't get picked on. I didn't get bullied. I'm about to say what? what? Yeah, I just, <laughs> I did not like the okay. idea of school. But, <laughs> but then I was a pretty good student too. But, um. But yeah, those those it's like the kind of the, the structure um, is necessary. But do you ever get that question of like you know when you know kids are always like, am I even going to need this or use this or whatever? Like, Constantly. Yeah. Um, so even with focusing on math, I'm usually doing math, and so they all say, when am I going to solve a quadratic equation? Um, and so I usually give them some kind of answer like, hmm, depends on what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you you just never know. And so I, I kind of tell them the same thing that 
your education is just kind of a platform that levels everyone out. There's just certain things that people expect you to know. Mm-hmm. And then from those certain things, you pick your path. You learn consistency, you learn working with people, and then you learn how to, and one thing I try to focus on is teaching kids how to think. Yeah. You know, um, it's really easy to emulate or regurgitate something. or If I say it, say it back. Mm-hmm. But to actually have something and you have to use all the tools that you've had or all the tools that you've been given to figure out something, I think that's the power um, and a lot of that comes with math. Yep. Um, there's so many different ways to do it. Um, there's, but it's right. Like there's an answer, and so um, I try to teach people to think independently. But I always say, like, I mean, it really depends on the day. But I get that question all the time, and I probably just shoot it off. But I'm like, oh yeah, who knows? You might have to do this, and I'll come up with some really abstract example <laughs> that probably never happens but it's usually enough of an example for them to be like okay like like, well what do you want to do and when they tell you what they want to do I just find some crazy way like one kid he was saying that he wanted to be what did he want to do he wanted to do something that had to do with circles so then I'm like but you have to know the volume and he's like you have to know this formula no you really don't Mm -hmm. but your job will teach you if you need to know it but it's really the thinking independently, but I always give them an answer. But, but yeah, I get it all the time, especially when kids don't like the subject that they're having to work on. Then they're like, I'm never going to use this. Yes, you are. With math, I always re- resort to money. Mm-hmm. Use money. I'm like, okay, but where am I going to use the perimeter of a rectangle? I don't know. What if you want to build a pool? Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh... But you're going to hire somebody to do that. You're not, even if you want to build a pool, you're not going to go out there and measure it. But I don't tell them that. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of it's problem solving, too. Right. You it's, know, just learning how to, you know, how to not get frustrated. And how to and, think critically and yeah. use what you got. Yeah. Definitely. All right. I want to get into your go-to gadget. Ooh. I like gadgets. So my go-to gadget for everything that I do business-wise and even a lot of my webinars and tutoring is my iPad Pro. Mm -hmm. That's my absolute favorite um, gadget. I use it all the time. But if I was going to do a go-to gadget as a tutor, it would actually be a Casio 115ES scientific calculator. It does everything. Um long as you know how to use it Mm -hmm. so that would be my go-to gadget recommendation for anyone 9th through 12th even if you're using the big fancy ones to get you a Casio 115 Um, but definitely my iPad Pro fun fact so when I perform eight times out of ten you know the background singers you're gonna see Stephanie Ivory up there singing (laughs) (laughs) um so so music is a part of her life all you know and I think she talked about like you do um you help with choirs and and things so music or 
music is always is always present in yeah, it's present um so with that being said songology what is a song um you know that you worked on or a song when you hear it it reminds you of something it could be anything like what give me tell me about some sort of a song that has some sort of a meaning to you well a group of my favorite type of songs are hymns mm-hmm. growing up and even current day, I always like to read hymnals. I still do. Mm. Um, so I know verses to songs that a lot of people might just know the chorus to. And it just kind of reminds me of being being a kid. I remember being little, sitting in church. I'm like, how do they know all of those words? And everybody knows them. And so I just started learning hymns. So a lot of my favorite songs. Um, I mean, I love music, Mm -hmm. but I love hymns. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, like, love them. I collect hymnals, Mm -hmm. which is weird, but. Collect them or steal them? Both. Try not to steal them from churches. (laughs) I at least ask. No, I'm just playing. (laughs) But no, I don't. Don't don't do that to me, Inge. Don't do do that. Do not incriminate me. Um, But, yeah, so I I collect hymnals. but you asked me for a particular song, huh? But that's okay. It's okay. A, it's a genre. I was about to say, yeah. Are there, if I made a list of favorite hymnals or favorite hymns, on the list would definitely be um, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, Sweet Hour of Prayer, He Giveth More Grace, How Great Thou Art. Okay, so this can keep going for a long time. But, yeah, so I really, I really love hymns. I actually want to write a hymn eventually one day, but you know, so I put that out here. So okay. now I'm a, I guess I'm now accountable for it, but that is definitely on my list of things to accomplish. Yeah. Okay. I, I have never asked a guest this, but it may be something that I may start to ask them. Uh, being that Christmas is in a few days mm-hmm. and you are in town um, and this is like the longest you've been in town for a while. For in a while, because mm-hmm. normally when Stephanie comes in town in Cincinnati and I'm here, I never see her because she's got. But you know what? I I know what that feels like when you, you got see 50 million people and do 50 million things. But um, I want to know what is your tear of the week? And I know I keep explaining things to the new listeners in this episode, but tear of the week is just something that balances you out. It could be. It could be a song, it could be a movie, it could be a book, a restaurant, um, a gadget, whatever. But what is what is your tear for this week? What's balancing you out this week? Um, this week in particular, and I, I think it probably changes from week to week yeah, for me, sure. um, but this week in particular, the balance or what is just really calming or comforting is just being here with my family. So I, I talk to them all the time, but I don't get to see them all the time. So just being able to see everybody actually waking up in the room I grew up in, you know, at my parents' house or walking around the block to Granny's or going to the church I grew up in, eating the food that when I was here, I didn't think it was, you know, I was like, oh, that's just what we eat. Now that I'm not here, I'm like, oh, I need Skyline, I need Dutch, I need UDF, I need La Rosa's, I need Donato's, like all those things, just feeling the comforts of being home and uh, being around the people I think are the greatest people I've ever met in my life. So my folks. So it's been extremely comforting, extremely um, nostalgic. 
even though a lot of things have changed, a lot of things are the same. And so it's just been a good couple of weeks to be home. I don't even know if I answered your question. You did. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I'm about to let you go out of here because Steph has been running since she came, since she got home. But um, uh, I know I know personally, I know you probably don't want to share this yet. I know you have some other things that are bubbling up. They don't have to do with tutoring or math, mm-hmm. um, but it's another sector where your business is going to go. So we'll probably get you back on the podcast to talk about those things. I would love it. And it, and it has to do, well, it has to do with music. It does. And I won't give people any anything else. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to put put it out there before you're ready. Um, but I do want to ask because, because Stephanie does Ivory Step. She can do it virtually. I do too. too. So let people know you don't have to live in Atlanta to be able to take advantage of her services. So where can people f- contact you or find out about you? I know you, well, I won't, I won't. <laughs> what say it Go ahead. I, I know you might are you at capacity and not trying to have any any new clients right no there there's still room there's still room um you can find out any information you need by visiting the website which is www.ivory i-v-e-r-y steps s-t-e-p-s dot com that's i-v-e-r-y-s-t-e ps.com um, and you can go to our contact page and you can find out what we offer and hopefully if there's anything you need we can serve you because I mean I know I know you wouldn't turn down somebody wanting to gift you with a grant or a sponsor that would be awesome because I have some projects coming up um, that I think would be really good for a lot of young people so yeah contact us so one last thing to sure anybody listening who um whatever they whatever it is that they would like to do they want to jump um maybe they're not quite ready to jump Mm -hmm. but but you know they're thinking about it and it's in their plans what's something that that you can can tell that that type of person i would just say uh, definitely be diligent about your research you know learn your market but um pray ask for direction and then consult and keep some people around you that can tell you the truth but also encourage you um i think a treasure that we have that we so often miscount are just great people around us people who really love you Mm -hmm. and want to see you succeed and won't like blow smoke or tear you down because you need both you know, some days you need somebody to say, oh, you're doing really, really well. And some days you need to be like, okay, you are really out here. Like, bring it in. Um, so <laughs> you need you need both. So if you can, if you can surround yourself with good people who have your best interest in heart, that will probably be a huge help to you jumping. I've been blessed with that. And I know it's a big part of what I've been able to do. Uh, perfect note to leave on so balance rumors um do me this favor real quick if you like this episode if you got something out of this um, or if you know somebody who who would benefit from listening to this episode share it uh you can take a screenshot and share it on instagram or just hit that share button it doesn't cost you anything i promise and real quick one last thing before we get out of here of course you can find this podcast on itunes soundcloud 
Google Play, lots of other places, like I said. And you can always, always, or also find this on the website, thebalanceroom.com. This episode is 47. I will have all of Stephanie's information there as well. And it's also going to be in the podcast description. But in case you do not know how to find the podcast description in the app that you are listening to this on, again, you can go to the website, thebalanceroom.com. We're about to get out of here. Um, I want to wish everybody, depending on when you are listening to this, a just a great year. So I'll just say that. Yeah. I want to wish you a great year, whether you are listening to this in 2017 or 2020. Um, but until next time, I'm your host, Ingrid Wood. Uh, even when I'm gone, my voice will still be here. I want to make sure that yours is as well. Take care. God bless. Stay balanced. My name is Stephanie Ivory of Ivory Steps Enrichment and Tutoring, and you are listening to the Balance Room Podcast.